Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. Today, we're going to be talking about the Italian American Museum. It's set for a grand reopening of a brand new facility this spring in its new home. And where else would that be? Little Italy, New York City. The museum is dedicated to telling the history of Italian Americans in New York City, as well as celebrating Italian and Italian American culture in the modern world. Today with us is Professor Joseph V. Schalsa, who's a Bronx native. He was the director of the Italian American Institute for the City University of New York. It was later renamed the John D. Calandra Italian American Institute after the late state senator. He held that role through 2006. But in 2001, Professor Schelsa founded the Italian American Museum. And now we're going to talk about the state-of-the-art facility that he is uh, prepared to open. So welcome, Dr. Schelsa. Thanks so much for being here. Josh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. So you founded this museum in 2001. Give a little history about, I guess, how, why you founded the museum and you know how it's evolved over the years. Well, Josh, you know what I've always been interested in is, is sharing the experience of Italians in America, and particularly in New York, and learning more about it and really educating people about the vast contributions that Italians have made to our society. And in 2000, it actually was 1999, I was the empresario for the exhibit at the New York Historical Society, The Italians of New York, Five Centuries of Struggle and Achievement, which was done over four months, was hugely successful. Many people came to see it, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people. And I realized the best way to really share our heritage and our contributions would be through the creation of a museum. Um, I thought you were going to say going out for a good Italian dinner. Well, without Italian food, I don't think America would be America anyway. But like, that's a very big part of the culture for sure. But there's so many other contributions that have been made from the very beginning, from the founding of the country. And we want to by the University of the State of New York as the first Italian-American museum in New York State. So, And we said till this day, there are only a handful of them in the United States. Most of them, except for one, after us, came in after us. So how was that opening? Because that was a tough time to open a museum in New York City, of course. That was September 11th. Well, I'll tell you, you know, we actually purchased the property in 2008. And that was pretty rough, too, because we purchased the property with a huge mortgage. And this, the economy tanked. We really struggled. Fortunately, I had a couple of angels on my board. I won't mention their names because they would probably be embarrassed, but they carried us through that difficult period. And then we were able to start to grow. We did a lot of exhibitions at the museum in this humble beginning, but it was very small. We only had 900 square feet. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah, really, really small. I mean, it was an old tenement building you know, basically. And it wasn't in the best of shape. The plumbing was bad. The electricity was retrofitted into the building. You know, it was actually predated electricity. They actually, you could actually found the gas pipes in the wall for the gas lighting, you know, so it was in really, really bad shape. And the bricks were falling down. So, but the location was incredible. I mean, in the corner of Grand and Mulberry Street, it's like Maine and Maine. So that was what attracted me to it being in the heart of once was the largest Italian-American community in the United States. So that's why we did it. So we realized, though, that in order to really have a first-class facility, we had to do something. We had to really do something different than what we were doing. Also, we were getting very crowded. 
with nine, you can imagine with 900 square feet. Sure. With, with school groups coming in. So we expanded a little bit. We were able to get another room. So we ended up with 1,800 square feet, but that still wasn't enough. So we knew the only way we could really do it was to really do the whole building over. And so we had to find a partner because we're, you know, we didn't have, you know, $20 million to do it. So the building so that they could build condominiums above us, which is not an uncommon thing. Many religious institutions do the same thing. And they built out the square footage for us of 7,000 square feet with a new modern state-of-the-art building that's scheduled to open this spring, which for the museum will be phenomenal. We get requests every day for people to come. So what could people expect? You're in a much bigger, brand new facility. What is it that you'll have there for people to see and experience? Well, the first, there's, besides telling the whole story of the Italian experience, everything from the, you know, from the explorers and the discoverers that came here to, to modern day, I mean, it'll, it'll do everything in between. The, the, not only the immigrant experience coming in between 1880 and 1920, which was the mass immigration, but also yeah, after that, the World War II experience, and then today, all the great success stories we have. But we're going to bring back some artifacts that no one has seen for a very long time. The first exhibit is going to be of the Matteo puppets. Now, the Matteo puppet family was run by Agrippino Matteo. Matter of fact, Joanne Cavallo, the chairman of the Department of Columbia University, has just partnered with us and written a book about them, which was just published this year. That's going to be part of the exhibit. We have 34 of these puppets, which are life-size. Now, you know, you know and I know that your mom went to Sicily on a trip that I had organized years ago with, with some legislators and some important people throughout the state. And she saw those puppets actually in Sicily. Oh, the ones cool. that, but we actually have the collection that was on Mulberry Street. And this is going to be exhibited because I actually promised Mike Matteo, who was the son of Agrippino, that I would bring them back to Mulberry Street. And that's what I intend to do. So they'll be on display. They'll be our first major exhibit, in addition to telling the story of the Italians from the very beginning. The first Italian in New York was Pietro Cesare Alberti, and that was 1635. Wow. He was part of the Dutch East India Company. He jumped ship. He came and had a plantation in Brooklyn. That plantation was successful. Unfortunately, he was killed by Native Americans. But some of his heirs are still around today. So we're going to trace all the roots, all the roots from the very beginning. We'll tell the whole story. I mean, so talk about the big opening. I mean, this is a big deal. You're opening a brand new facility, you know, much mm -hmm. larger than the other one. What, what do you have planned to really kick it off? Well, one of the big things I want to do, depends on whether we have a, a CO or the time or not, but we'll do it anyway, is this is the 500th anniversary of, you have the Brooklyn Bridge behind you, but the New York also has another famous bridge, the Verrazano Bridge. Mm -hmm. The Verrazano was the first European to sail into New York Harbor before Columbus. And not after Columbus, of course, he never came here, but before Hudson. And we're going to have a celebration for him. We're partnering with the uh, Verrazano Society in Chianti in Italy, and they're going to be bringing in some artifacts and some history, and they're going to trace the entire trip that he made along New York and up, and into, up into New England, but first coming into New York Harbor. Hmm. That's a biggie. It's uh, April 17th, and I hope that everybody will come down with it and see it. That's a big showcase. Then we've got other things. We have some private parties, of course, planned for people to come in, major donors. But I think, you know, the biggest thing is we're getting a lot of calls from the school groups because they love to come to Little Italy. We also, in addition to doing the museum, we do a historic walking tour. 
I have a small staff right now, which will be expanding. Our head of education, Marie Palladino, conducts that program. And we go to 10 different sites in Little Italy, which most people don't know about. And they can actually learn more about how that neighborhood really was such an Italian center. You know, the churches, of course, are part of it. But you also have the Sons of Italy. Sons of Italy were founded less than a block away from us on the corner of Mott, those streets. And of course, you know, there's not all of it's good, but you know, we also tell the story of Giuseppe Petrosino, the first Italian to become a lieutenant detective in the NYPD who was killed in the line of duty. The only New York City police officer to this day that has been killed while on service in foreign soil in Palermo, and that was in 1908. And unfortunately, he was killed by the mafia over there because he was investigating them, their connections in New York. You know, the Italians had a lot of problems with that nefarious group before they became so infamous with everybody else. They would really prey upon their own people. And he was one of the heroes. And matter of fact, another one of my colleagues in, at City University, Paul Moses, has written a book about the Italian squad, which we'll have, we'll ask Paul to come in and to do a reading and, and talk Great. about his book too. We'll talk about the Italian squad, which were the Italians that followed Petrosino in the police department, rooting out this element of our community. Talk a little bit about the surrounding community. What kind of feedback are you getting from them and how are you working with the community? The merchants in the area and the business people are very excited. You know, you have the food. There's certainly plenty of Italian restaurants. As a matter of fact, there's a new one that just opened up next to me, Pellegrino. Oh, great. And, and that one is a five-star restaurant. And of course, you have your red sauce restaurants all up and down Mulberry Street. I work very closely with the Merchants Association also. And when I have ideas, I go to them and we partner with them, whether it's going to be like a discount for something where people come. So it helps the neighborhood as well. And also, I sit on the formulation committee for a business improvement district. We want a business improvement district in the area as well. And the leader of that organization, Rosanna Russo, you know, has been an advocate for it and been working with her. We're in the second stage of development, probably by next year or the year after we'll be able to file with the city. So that area is getting a renaissance. As you know, this is the most expensive area code in New York City, 10013. You know, so, you know, we're, we're on the cusp right next to Soho and, and Tribeca. And we're like right on the, the outskirts. So it, it's not Chinatown, but Chinatown is to the south of us for sure. And it's large. But what's happening in the area, it's, you know, it's just New York. It's, you know, it's people just getting more and more gentrified and prices are going up and up. But if we want to try to keep the old world charm and make sure that people can, you know, still have something to come back to, to look at. Not only have a good meal, because there's plenty of good places. I mean, we have the cannoli king across the street from us. For those people who want to have it, it's great cannoli. It's one, you know, and Ferraris around the corner and DePaulo's and new places like Italy. Italy is just two blocks away from us. They just opened up on the corner of Broome and Lafayette, their newest location. And I see nothing but positive things in terms of the future. Will it be the people that were there 50, 100 years ago? No, they've moved away. You know, it's the American dream. You know, you buy a house in suburbia and then your children come back to the city as millennials and live in, in one more apartments. But that's America. That's what happens. But we want people to know the story, the real story. And, you know, it's not just everything they see on television or, you know, or the movies. There's a lot more to what the Italians really are all about. You know, you had discussed the neighboring Chinatown. They've really been very quite active with their business improvement district, outdoor dining, 
I was in Chinatown recently and, you know, the, the streets were full of uh, tables and restaurants and people having a great time. They painted the streets different colors. It was really, you know, very well done. Is there anything that you think Little Italy could be doing that is similar to that to be able to bring people out to experience the culture more? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, the executive director of the business improvement is Wellington Chen. Yep. Being the dean of the Italian American Institute, I was also vice president of Queens College. So I work with Wellington. I also, Thomas Tam, who was also on the board prior to him of the City University, wanted to start the Asian American Institute. I was in charge of the institutes at the university. I helped him bring it into the university. So we have a very good relationship. We also do a Marco Polo event in Little Italy every year, which is the celebration of Chinese and Italians coming together. We've always lived together. That's great. We do these types of activities. And, you know, in terms of what we will do specifically on Mulberry Street, we'll do murals. We do murals on Mulberry Street. We we have lights, but not only the street lights like you would see in Italy. And we're going to bring more and more of the authentic street lights that are in some of the beautiful towns in Italy. They're pretty, the ones we have, we've had on Mulberry Street, but the ones in Italy are even more spectacular. Right now, we have lights up and down the street, not the uh, Merchants Association did, which has all the words al di la, which is probably the most famous Italian song in the world. Everybody knows it all over the world. So, you know, those are the times we're going to do. Right now, we did a mural of, of Mother Cabrini, as you know, for Women's History Month on March 8th. That film will be released. I saw it in previews. It's phenomenal. It's not a religious film at all. It's really a social work film. It really talks about how this little nun was able to like take on the establishment and really found 60 institutions around the country for, you know, for orphans and hospitals. I mean, it's an amazing story. So like, you know, that's amazing. We have her mural there now. And we're looking about doing a mural also now for um, Giovanni de Varazano for the celebration as well. So these are the kinds of things that you can expect. And there's a new excitement. There's a new generation of people that are really interested in making the fast food in America is pizza. We know that. But, you know, we have great restaurants and great restaurant tours. But we also want to share the rest of the contributions and culture as well. And, you know, do it in a way that people aren't like sitting in a classroom. One of the things, Josh, that I learned, I taught Italian-American studies. I created the courses at Queens College. I was lucky if I got 12 students to take the course. Now I see like hundreds of people a day, thousands of people a month. We we anticipate millions of people a year. So like, you know, it would be able, and you're doing it in a way in which they want to do it as opposed to they're being forced to do it. I think this is a better way. When you entertain people and you can send them a message, I think you're really getting the right message across. Well, listen, I love Italy. I love Italian culture. I think it's a major part of our city, not a whole country, influence across the world. And I'm really excited that you're able to create a museum to inform people and and let people know more about the culture and people. How can someone find out more about the museum? They can go to our website, which is www.italianamericanmuseum, all one word, .org www.italianamericanmuseum.org, and they can sign up for our newsletter, which we send out every week, on activities. I not only send out activities that are happening in the museum, but also activities that are happening in the area, particularly on Mulberry Street. People really get to know what's going on, and it's such a thriving area. I'm excited about it. I just wish I was 30 years younger, you know, but it- (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) 
but I'm enjoying it. And this is uh, it's a life's work. You know, it's something that you, it's the culmination of a life's work. And I think that this will be a, a lasting contribution. And, you know, all these things start out because they're personal. If I, I'll just leave. Listen, them. you have to be passionate about it to put the time and energy into it to make it happen and make it successful. You know, I wanted to learn more about my heritage. And it really wasn't taught to me in schools at the time, you know, where it happened and who did it. You know, so I wanted more information than was being provided. I really delved into it. And uh, I'm going to tell you. You're making it happen. And congratulations. I'm excited about it. We'll be there to cover it. We'll make sure to have somebody there and cover it. And I hope everybody will get a chance to visit your website and and check out the new museum and be able to experience what it is that you put your life really work into. Thanks for sharing it. Well, I really appreciate this opportunity. I love your station. I think you do a great job. And I think this is a very important service for our community. So thanks a lot. Well, thank you. I got to record that and play that on every episode. That, that <laughs> I appreciate you being a part of the Schneps Connects podcast. And you can listen to this podcast and any of our podcasts at podcast.schnepsmedia.com or stream us wherever you get your podcast.